podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. I'm so sorry about this. No, 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 don't need to be sorry. I'm going to record but shall we need John Kikita? That's why he's not got his video on. Yeah, like that. Yeah, that's it. Mad day like that. That's the best picture you'll ever get. Hold on, yeah, catch catch Swimming oh, To be fair, it's normally in the Star Wars thing. <laughs> it is, it is. It's too dark in here, man. That's the problem. Yeah. I don't mean Star Wars that chat, by the way. So a bit of a, a background. <laughs> I'll share, I'll share it with you for a second. Look, yeah. it's just too dark in here, man. That's all right. Mm-hmm. It's pitch right. black. Right. So I, I, I had so body, I went for uh, opticians appointments Saturday, yeah, and like everybody says to me. You know how I sit in this dark room in the cinema room with mm. these screens on, and uh, haven't been for two years. And she goes to me, "Your eyes are exactly, you know, it's not, it's not gone worse. It's exactly the same." So I was like, "Jotty, cafe, Eddie, Ben, yeah, moja." Don't fix it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you got a uh, serious bookshelf there, Fadi. That's that's the only one in the house. It's just a backdrop. They're not really there. It's a photo. Um, no, this is the kind of, so this is, I mean, this, I'm in my um, sort of study, which is in the attic. And so this is the one corner which has got the best sound because of the books and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So that's, that's what it looks like. I'm in Harry Potter's cupboard. That's the problem. Yeah. But I thought you were know, about but, to go. Well, I got I got an award in the corner. Very nice. I can see. That's, I'm not. A, I'm not surprised. That's an Emmy. <laughs> Strategically placed. Yeah. 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 Which? Really what cool. did you get the Emmy for, Paji? We got Done two. Forgotten. No, uh, we Wasn't got two. Done? No, we got two uh, international Emmys for uh, the Kumars. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Um, That's amazing. So yeah, that was that was yeah that was quite something actually. That is quite yeah. something. That is very. That is something to be very proud of. So yeah, it shouldn't even yeah. be there. It should be behind you on that shelf, it right above be, your head. It should listen, be coming up. The top. It should be permanently behind. Me. I should have a jacket made <laughs> with a shelf that just the Emmy just sits there at the back the whole time. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> you know what? We don't oh. even need to. We do. We need to even do introductions. We should just start the pod like this. It was perfect. <laughs> No, pretty Brilliant. much. No, let's right. start. Let's start. Let's start. It's it's been so. It's been a long, long time. So if occasionally I look up like that, it's just so I can read my own handwriting or <laughs> typing. Huh? 
it's difficult these days. I'm getting older. That's how long it's been. It's been nearly five and a half years. So in those five and a half years, it'd be great to know what everyone's been up to. We know what Liverpool's been up to, you know. They won the league. That's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah, they won the Champions League. Won a cup, been to Europe too. But what have you been up to, Bardi? I mean, look, without sounding too bad, Unforgotten has gone from straight to trend. This time I haven't got it wrong by calling it Unforgiven, which is the film, (laughs) obviously, (laughs) like last time. Yeah, it's what, soon to be in its fifth season. Horrible Histories. Now, the best thing is this. And horrible histories are like, I could go to my daughter, I know him, my own John of I And I said to my, my wife and my daughter, looking at me like, I calm down, please, and I, calm down. I'm like, no, I know him. Well, especially with, with families, there's two, I mean, horrible histories a little bit, and then Paddington 2 was the yes. other one that families Padding, have seen. Paddington 2, I'm so glad you mentioned Paddington 2 because we're so glad. I mean, both me and Gags are truly humbled by this, that after the first pod, where we talked so deeply about fun, you went into the film about it. Any koshi di gal, yeah. It's another time I got to say to my daughter in the middle of a cinema, <laughs> I know him. Yeah, the, the thing that gets uh, by by fellow dissies, the, the thing that gets mentioned the most is a congratulations I get for calling him Puddington. <laughs> that's brilliant that is brilliant honestly it's so good Puddington. Puddington the, set, the director said did you just i said puddington i said that, that's that's what i would that's what my father would have that's what my father called the station or puddington station there yeah so i said i'm just going to call him puddington anyway yeah that's fine so that's that stayed in and then obviously you have a deep love for some deep of sandy land sanderman oh there yeah you Ah, and you, and, you bring, and you bring like, the rape and I'll be there. Uh, exactly. I mean, like with, with Sandeep and obviously Sandy, um, you'll love this. Musty side of the family from my wife's side. So I have my wife's musty. Son, Sandeep. Who did you get married to? Sandy. You can't, you can't, you can't get that anywhere else. I, I think Leicester. sometimes, you know what happens sometimes is that they've already, they kind of half printed the cards <laughs> and then they kind of stay on kick up here. <laughs> So my in-laws, uh, my late father-in-law and my mother-in-law are both called Surinder. And you just think, wow. well, that, that is a classic kind of, we've, we printed the wrong cards. <laughs> I came back, Surinder is marrying Surinder. And they said, now what do we do? And they went, ah, it's easy. Just go and find another Surinder. <laughs> oh, oh gosh, Bardi, did you do an advert recently as well? I'm sure I saw you in adverts. Did you do an advert? No, not recently. No, was it an old one back. then? It must have been a few years back then. Yeah, it must yeah, have been about three, four years ago, I did uh, an advert wow, for, it's been a while. Uh, for something or the other. But uh, wasn't it QuickBooks or tax? Something it tax? was. It was QuickBooks. Well done. That was it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure I remember seeing you in advert as well. I was like, yeah, Bardi, and they were like, kids were like, do you know this person? I was like, yes, <laughs> of course. Yeah. That's. I mean, to the kids, I'm. Was that more impressive than Paddington too? Are your kids? Well, are your kids gonna be- <laughs> mine are mine are mine are older now, so they weren't they weren't really into Paddington. They're more Marvel and uh, Star Warsy. Oh, okay. That's they they went more that way, really. The girls <clears throat> than Paddington, which is a surprise. But they're now seventeen what? and thirteen in it, so they won't watch that now. Put this way, guys, it's a great tenuous link between QuickBooks yourself and myself. Every time I click submit to HMRC, it's via QuickBooks, yeah. and so at yeah. some point, it would have come to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's why, that's why it was more reaching out to me because I work there. 
so at the time. So obviously, when <laughs> Baji was doing the advert, I was like, "This is really cool, man! This is really cool." So I was meant knowing that, apart from the money and the taxes paid. They looked at your tax returns and they said, "We need to come up with a system." Oh God! Sara got the zero pay agenda. Ek hi taxable allowance hai. Ek aur bhi taxable allowance aa gaya. Ek aur bhi aa gaya. Aur bhi aa gaya. So that's good. But no, in terms of the last, has it really been five years? Yeah. Yes, November 2016. I am stunned. I'm stunned. No, sorry, October, October 2016. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, that feels like it. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. Just it's. I mean, since that time, then it's been unforgotten. Mainly that I've been doing with you know little bits here and there, but but what I mean in terms of as Liverpool fans, this is just a glorious period. I mean, it's kind of it's not you know the winning stuff was great. That was great, but just to take the enjoyment of how the team has played under Klopp has just been it's been the gift that kept on giving. It has been truly has been. I mean, coming to like mean, the reason why we got together because the League Cup. So you know, I bet a League Cup would be like eight, eight League Cup titles. Yeah. Between, so, you know, City leveled that by beating Spurs. I mean, you can't rely on Tottenham for anything, um, <laughs> apart from beating City, which they did the other day. The other day, yeah. <laughs> the other day you know? But a little bit of League Cup nostalgia. So I've had lots and lots of names over the years. Lots mm. of stuff. Milk Cup, Littlewoods Cup. Rumbelow's Cup, Coca-Cola Cup, Worthington Cup, the Carlinga Cup, the Gabriella Cup, and now, now the mighty Carabao Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Name, and no one believes me when I say this. It's named after the most humble of desi animals and milk producer extraordinaire, the Mudge. Total. It, it's it yeah. is you know it should be called the Mudge Cup. <laughs> yeah, I, that, I mean that, that would be the natural thing. You just call it the Mudge Cup. The Mudge Cup. Yeah, yeah, we should get onto them. But I was thinking actually, when when you were listing those, just how many stupid names there were. I was just, which was the most annoying name for that cup? Worthless. Not um, Rumblers or Worthington. Worth, everybody started calling it Worthless at when Worthington came. <laughs> it was like that, that's the Worthless cup. Rumblers was horrible. It just doesn't sound right. I loved Coca Cola cup though. Yeah, that look, that, I, do you know what? I, I Weirdly, that, that sounds all right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it just matches it, isn't it? It just got a word. It's the way the wordplay works. Really? Coca-Cola cup. The rhythm, isn't it? Coca-Cola yeah. cup. It's three C's. It's alliteration. Yeah. Coca-Cola cup. That works. Yeah. The milk cup, I didn't like. <laughs> no. Oh wow. Okay. The things have a dud with it. With can no, I mean, it's got a bad smell. It's, it's got. They got a lot of bottles. I remember the other. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that after because I was re-looking at some of the old footage. From the various league cups, and I'm pretty sure now it might have been Bob Paisley's last one that after you know when they interviewed him after the after the win, he had a pint of milk. Yeah, 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 yeah I remember. Did, I mean, was he told to do that? I mean, it was. That I just think, seems weird, doesn't it? 
It's like, you know, if it's a beer sponsor, they give you bottles of beers. And now they got a bit more polit- politically correct because of the religions and stuff. Well, yeah. if it was, they don't do it anymore, but they used to. I used to remember that. But obviously it was sponsored by the milk cup. So. But it's just I, so... I, I love the milk cup. I mean, nothing's going to beat Mudge. And that Caravan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Water Buffalo, no, nothing's going to beat that. Yeah. Rumbelows, most people listening to the pod under a certain age or of a certain vintage will either not know what Rumbelows is Right. Or yeah. would love to forget what Rumbelows was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, Rumbelows I think was a terrible name for the cup. Worthingtons I didn't mind so much. I didn't mind it so much. We won it because that so that was quite nice. Um, yeah. We didn't win the Little Woods Cup. We didn't win the Rumbelows Cup. Um, Little Capital. Woods is very. Um, that's the first time. Like obviously, I, I I've watched the other finals because. As a kid, you used to get the VHS, right? You just used to buy, I used to buy the VHS from John Menzies or W. H. Smith, you know, like basically <laughs> dad used to have a shop, you know, and um, he used to take me on the weekend, Saturday to come, I did no come. I spent most time in John Menzies looking for Liverpool or wrestling videos. That's literally it. So, you know, that's for Nanasi, right? 10 quid. He goes, do the pants. That's what his words were. Every time he goes, Video Lenia, he goes, and Liverpool the video lady and he goes to come get a kid to catch a The thing is that, you know, well, well, because I was um, um, born and brought up in Hounslow, West London, yeah, right? We just went to the Southall Market, you could you pick up the same thing for two quid, <laughs> you know, halfway through it, you remember the videotapes, they would sort of like the picture would go weird, and then yeah. the thing that you recorded over came out. For five seconds and yep. then went back in again it'd be that kind of thing actually i remember um when i was at school there was a kid called asif who was in our year and at that time you know if you you could rent the video machine and three like bollywood films uh for the for the day or machine for the weekend as well yeah yeah then oh, you wow. bring the machine and the films and then you you know watched it over the weekend and then you uh sent it back so families would get together. So there would be like 20, 25 people, you know, just, you know, obviously immediate family, you know, all gathered around on a Saturday or a Sunday to watch the latest film with Amitabh Bachchan or whatever. And uh, Asif told us this, that, um, and the way that it used to work was that the uh, the parents or the Bazurgs, uh, uh, they'd be on the sofa, then the next youngest would be in front of them, and the littlest ones would be at the front. So it'd be about four or five deep from the sofa, all gathered around the TV, you know, mighty 32 inch TV to watch, you know, Bollywood film. And he said that um, his father had kind of lined it all up. He was sitting on the sofa, four deep of kids at the front. And he said to one of the nani at the front, you know, on Jalade film. And the kid switched, switched the thing on. And there's this kind of hardcore porno that suddenly comes. <laughs> right, he's he's at the back. He, whether he put in a tape to watch beforehand, I don't know. Privately, oh, no. he's at the back, so he can't get to the switch. Oh my god! But all he could think of doing as he <laughs> fell over the three rows in front of him was to shout, "Wrong number! Wrong number!" <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I don't know why they did me with videos. That's the, that's the, the modern day of that is that stupid video thing that they send you now when you press it and there's the, the moans, the, the oh orgasms. God. 
that's the worst now, isn't it? So that's what happened. That's the modern day version. So when somebody I don't, I don't, know, what, Liverpool... I don't know what that is. What's oh, that? you've never seen it. So basically, if you've got a video, someone sends you a video on WhatsApp and it's really interesting. But really, when you press play, it's just loud. Oh, I see. Something And you're else. just like, what the hell? So if you're in public, everyone just looks at you and goes, what? They're like, you just get embarrassed. So basically, someone say, well, that's the that's the old way of what probably <laughs> right. That's the modern day. But the whole point of us going into the VHS was the little mm. ones. Growing up, that's what I knew it as. So Baji mm. and yourself, Milk Cup. But I was watching like Nottingham Forest go to the final because they were going like they, they, when I was Liverpool had done 86, yeah. 87. Then I think towards the end of the 80s, it was Nottingham Forest going to the final a lot as well, mm-hmm. wasn't it? So I just remember it called Littlewoods at that time. So that's what sticks with me. When it was the Littlewoods Cup, it just felt that the thing was is, it. Though, when it was the milk cup, we won it three, four years in a row, right? We did. So three yeah, years. Yeah. So like with the milk cup, with me, it's my, my, um, it, it kind of quite nicely goes. It's a great tangent to lots of things. But with the milk cup, it, milk was so synonymous with football. So you had um, the milk cup. Later on in life, you had Accrington Stanley. Who are they? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was an advert for milk. So the milk cup yeah, kind of was, stuck yeah. with me. Even though, even the Accrington Stanley advert had nothing to do with the milk cup. It just no. to promote milk. Yeah. Um, I was also one of the unfortunate children that used to get milk when we were at school, only yeah. for Maggie Thatcher to say, That's right. Yeah, no, no, not anymore, son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see that school over there? No. That one over there? No. That one over yeah. there? No. You've got a grammar school in Southall? Have you? Have you? Have you? Not anymore. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, welcome to my cockabags. Yeah, completely. Um, leaving Thatcher aside, I have to ask, do you have any good Mudge stories, gags? Please keep it clean, family oh, show. Yeah, so, good mudge story. I got one. I got one. So only one yeah. because my wife is obviously from India. And when she was a kid, she told me this one. And it's like, <laughs> I feel sorry for her, really. She goes, look, I was just walking in the street. And when, you know, when, you, when you're with your parents, you just stand where they tell you to stand. So if they're talking to the neighbor, you know, Prona, whatever, they're talking to someone. And she goes, I stood there, mudge walks past. And you know the mudge's tail? Yeah. It goes really hard, yeah. Smacked her right in the face. <laughs> right, and she's white, and I go into India, and she had this white, this red line down her face for the rest of the fucking day. But that's the only much story I know is that she basically <laughs> she Bichari, told me to remember a legion of doom. Bitchari, she goes, man, what bestie for you see, man? Imagine 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 market just with the tail. But imagine how hard the tail is. Bloody yeah. hell. But it's hilarious. Oh, Mudge thing. meant it. <laughs> Did the G and the Mudge have history of some kind? <laughs> they might have. Because that, that's, oh. that's like that's like the equivalent. That's like Desi equivalent of a drive-by. <laughs> Isn't it? Desi rappers. <laughs> 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 oh, she won't thank me for telling the world that, though, to be honest. Oh, well, they sent their Mudge out to do the killing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, highly trained Mudge. <laughs> To kind of hired, hired to kill much hired to kill yeah oh god james bond much <laughs> oh dear but i you've reminded me uh this is slightly tangential but um so some years ago i did a documentary where i went around india and um for the bbc and uh one of the episodes we were in punjab and the 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 kind of topic we were covering was that a lot of um bespoke wedding venues were being built in Punjab for NRIs. So, yep. you know, they would go over there and it would be like it built like a fort 
or something like that, you know, be something grand. And so we covered the wedding of two people from the Midlands who'd gone there to get married in Punjab and everything. And the guy pulled up in with his kind of, uh, um, you know, his crowd. And he arrived in a white stretch limo with, I think it was eight bagpipers wearing kilts oh, wow. at the front. Okay. So that was, you know, that was the kind of mishmash it all was. So anyway, we're covering this story and everything. I talk to the couple and say, why did you think, why did you want to get married here and in this style? And what do you think of it? And, and, um, and we were coming out after filming and a guy ran up to me and he'd recognized me off the TV. And he said, uh, you must come to my uh, theme park. And I said, oh, um, I, I haven't got time to come to your theme park. But he said, no, it's, it's right here. He said, I'll take you two minutes. Just please come and it'll be such an honor for me if you were to come to my theme park. I said, all right, then I said, what's what's the theme of your park? And he said, I'll show you I'll show you. It's a surprise, surprise. Oh, yeah, surprise. He <laughs> takes me. It really was two, three minute walk. And he, he did a da da and he kind of pointed at it. And I said, OK, what is the theme? And he went, Indian village. And I said, Indian village. He said, ah, Indian village theme park. And we went in and there were these cubicles, these little rooms on the side, open rooms with these really badly made paper mache models and in the first one he pointed at, at it and he went knitting and it was a, it was just a you know paper mache woman with who was knitting I mean you know still obviously they don't move or anything and the next one he went reading and it was just a paper mache bloke with a newspaper and so we there's only about three or four of these rooms and at the bottom was the one moving thing in the whole theme park, <laughs> theme park which is a mud and the mudge was kind of, you know, chucky piecing, was going around, you know, the grinding the corn thing. It looked really, <laughs> really pissed off. And then on the other side were three more rooms where it was kind of ironing. And it was just, it was really shit. And I came out and I said to him, what made you think of doing a theme park based on an Indian village? And he said, well, you know, he said, you know, foreigners love theme parks. I said, there's an actual <laughs> Indian village over there. It's a, I can see it across the road. Well, gee, I think my wife went to that theme park. I think my wife went to the theme park. It was probably that mudge as well. Yeah. The, the drive-by, actually. <laughs> the angry mudge. <laughs> the angry mudge. You don't want to get you don't want to get on the wrong side of a mudge. No, no, oh, you don't. Right. My 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 mudge stories is getting on the wrong side of a mudge. So um my mum had her historical roots in the Nedodana. Same print as Trabindra. Place of mm. Paramana. But her, the other side of her roots were from Uttar Pradesh, Yuppie. So a Punjabi cultural history, people moved from Punjab to an area of Indian and Strai, three belts. So you had Punjab, what is now Haryana um, and Uttar Pradesh, and a little bit going towards Bihar as well, and mm -hmm. that side. But so my grandfather moved from Punjab, moved to Uttar Pradesh, um, and there we would go. So my dad used to, typical Indian family, my dad worked for British Airways. My mom worked for Quakers. So you had airport and Dalia covered. And every summer, every winter, every Easter, they'd plan to go to India if there wasn't embargo on tickets. There's no embargo on tickets. They're going to be going to India. Went to India almost every year from about 1981 to about 1992 odd. But each year, the mudja wouldn't change at my mom's bend. So in the, in the UP, the mudja wouldn't change. And I kept on saying to them, like, it's impossible for the mud to live this long. 
ฮะบูรีมาจบูวะดิอ่ะอันอ่ะสักเวดิอ่ะสักทีเลเวนเดียซอนยูคานฮาวิงมีออนเฮดดิพีจีอ่ะนะอ่ะกินอันนี้ต
Um, you might, uh, but, <laughs> illeg- but illegitimately born. <laughs> <laughs> Just because oh, the passport says it. Look, my mum, I, 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 I can hopefully admit this, my mum has two birthdays, like the Queen has two birthdays. So that's how I hate my dad that. has two birthdays as well. My, my mother-in-law has two birthdays. So yeah. my, uh, then it's not my mum is not your mother-in-law just to get that out of there her first yeah, name yeah. Is not <laughs> just to make sure okay the official um, birthday and the passport birthday yeah so my mum's passport birthday is three days before mine different year of course um, <laughs> I was going to say yeah, yeah. Be really- <laughs> I'm really glad you cleared that up really glad because obviously we were all thinking <laughs> <laughs> and on the third day <laughs> Okay, hurry that. Um, no, so she's got two birthdays. She's got the 14th of January and she's got the 5th of February. 5th of February is the real one. The 14th of January is the one because they got married at a certain um, era. And to then obviously get your passport, you would then say, okay, you know what? As you get it, Sergeant General has got, and it's changed it to 90, as you do you know, back mm. in the good old days. Hence, yeah, that, my dad's a year. Mine's a year. Yeah. My dad is a year difference. But yeah, so, if, so there you go, guys. If you ever want to doubt your birth certificate passport, there's lots of concerns, so lots of reasons there for you to use. Yes, but I was born here, so it's fine. Okay, that's the difference. If I was born in yeah. India, I would legitimately agree with you. <laughs> but you were born in the Midlands, and record keeping in the Midlands oh, is not great. Yeah. <laughs> right, not you've, like taken, you've gone. You've taken this onto me yeah. now to rip the shit out of me. So, oh no, I'm back sorry. to the part. I'm joking. It's going, right. It's fine. Going back to so my so yeah my my earliest memory um is eighty three eighty four. So 82, 83, got that one. 82, 83, we'd be Man United. So that was the one when Paisley lifted the trophy. Right, right. Yeah, that was his last season as a trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 83, 84 would be ever. Now, I don't remember any of it, apart from the fact that Sooner scored. And the only reason I learned that Graham Sooner scored is because I had an uncle who was the same age as me, just due to generations on my dad's side of the family. We both went to the same school. And he came into school the next day saying that we'd won the replay. I'm like, what replay? And he goes, Sooner scored, we'd be Everton. I'm like going, wow, we beat Everton. Super scored. Okay, great. That's awesome. And he had the yellow uh, crown paint top. And I was always so jealous that he had, a, you know, he had a proper crown paint Liverpool top that had been given to him by one of my other uncles. And I didn't get it. So I was jealous, mm, but I was happy for him. Yeah. That's how I remember that. We did that. Mm. I can't remember the goal. I can't remember anything. I remember the, it, the ones after that more so. This is why I was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm really not surprised that I went into Liverpool stats and all this shit because I used to collect all of the memorabilia, I used to collect all the like stats and trophy records and goal scorers uh, that used to come in these files as a kid, you know, that used to come into the news agents that you'd collect and you'd get every week. And this would be records of every sport, not just football. But Ooh. I would always look at the Liverpool bits because they were just winning everything at the time. And then I'd go buy the videos. So literally, that's why I remember the goal, because <clears throat> I had every final. The, 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 the Spurs final, the 3-1, is the one that sticks with me the most. Because the Archibald goal at the start is like, mm-hmm. Archibald all the way. It was Brian Moore, the great mm. Brian Moore. Yeah. But Ronnie Whelan was unbelievable in that final. And he scored a belter of a curler into the top corner. Oh, man, that, that, that was his second goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that was brilliant. I mean, it was just, I mean, that was it was like a modern goal, yeah. You know, at those times, I kind of associate those times with the balls bundled in or those heavy leather balls being kind of whacked hard. (laughs) But that kind of bend on that kind of thing is it feels like a very it feels like the sort of goal that you know Coutinho scored when he was at Liverpool, you know, just uh, he was on you know, uh, from the um, from the left to the right, you know. 
cross. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was a great goal. Was that uh, was that Alan Kennedy? Didn't he score in that? No, it was two weed in, one rush right at the end. Johnston sat, lined up uh, rush and he just tapped it in kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that was the 3-1. But that was. Um, but they were losing until the 87th minute. So getting the goal late and then winning it extra time, just pure Liverpool there. was beautiful. Well, also, but also the, the reverse was true. I mean, in a couple of them, there were late, really late goals against us. Yes. And that was really frustrating. Yes. As, as it's it still Birmingham, is. Birmingham and Cardiff. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, injury so time, the, kind of like you know, goals. Those are the ones I, I remember the Cardiff one because it was the first time I'd gone to a, um, a Liverpool Cup final at Wembley. Mm. So that was the, that was it was the one in eleven twelve. Um, yeah. So yeah, Cardiff City. What was it? We scored. Um, no, they scored first in the first half. I think so. Recollect. Then we equalised. Then we went. Girls, I remember the sc- I remember the scourge with header and equalised because it was like a bullet came through like bang, and then Kite scored an extra time. Only for mm. us to fluff our lines again right at the end, as we do, um, yeah. and then it went to penalties. Yeah, and yeah I remember walking. The other yeah, Gerard. Remember... <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's yeah. Right. yeah, took the, the first other... one. Didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> the other Gerard. Um, but yeah, I remember that one for all the wrong reasons because it's like you know Cardiff City, we shouldn't lose. We, you know, I went to League Cup final. I think this is going to be a walk in the park. Yeah, it's not going to be like Birmingham City so many years ago and all that kind of stuff. This is going to be a walk in the park. We should, we should yeah. absolutely destroy them. Or we didn't destroy them at all. Yeah, it was really... We should have destroyed Birmingham as well after Fowler scored that belter at the start. Oh, mm. man, what Remember, a goal. What a goal for a final. Yeah. Those are, yeah, I mean, Capital Carlin Cup or whatever it was, the League Cup, we've scored some belters. Like We talked about that Whedon one. We talked about this um, Fowler one. And then there's Risa against United. Oh, and there, man, was Ger- there was Gerard as well. There was Gerard yeah, yeah. as well. Oh, the against, yeah, that hit Beckham and looped in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Over United, that's right, yeah. Them, which was great. So it was but that was, I, I mean, that was, I mean, that's one of the my, the most memorable ones because that was, you know, that United team. Yeah, it just was full of names, yeah. and uh, uh, and you know, good players, and you know, they were a tight team. They were playing well, but uh, that was a cracking final. I do remember watching that. It was um, a good final. Yeah. And also, was, was, that was, was the winner, wasn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, that was good. Yeah, because Haman uh, kind of sprinted up and then did the pass to Owen. Yeah. Who took it on the outside. And uh, it just reminds you just how, I mean, I was going to say how good Owen was and he was great. And so, you, you know, obviously I was like most Liverpool fans. I was incredibly disappointed that he went to Man U. But, uh, but I've never kind of, you know, after that, I've never held it against him, you know, because I just think that his glory years were at Liverpool and he kind of like did so much for that team that I can't, I find it very difficult to kind of be, you know, hold, hold that against him now. We, you know we can. We, we hold yeah, you can. We, you can. I mean, I say, but you, can, you can be as nice as you want. I can't stand the guy. <laughs> like, I genuinely cannot stand the guy. Maka, I've got time for McManaman. I have seriously got time for. We had a, had a good chat with him when we played Sparta at Moscow away as well. Uh, really, really nice, down to earth guy. Can't commentate for shit though, unfortunately. But then you have Michael Owen. Can't forgive him for going um, United, Baji. It's not about forgiving him from going to United. He just opens his mouth and says the wrong thing too many times, right? Um, and then there's times when you really should keep your mouth shut. And Owen hasn't realised when that time is. So unfortunately for Michael Owen, he's buck guy in the bin. <laughs> Fair per, enough. Per, per, permanently in the bin. And that's me being oh, nice about it. I was only talking about I was only talking about him in relation yeah. to yeah. 
they ended up at Manu because by by the time he was at Manu, he wasn't. Oh, that I just force I just anymore. need to call the Punjabi match to do a match buy on him. Yeah. One thing one thing about Owen is, and yeah. you can speak to a lot of Asian fans, especially the ones that come from India. They all became Liverpool fans because of Michael Owen. Like, say what you want. We can hate on him. We can hate on him for what he's done. But the time when he was coming in, it was that exciting. It was that amazing. You know, he was so quality that round the world, we new Liverpool fans were born just because of the boy wonder. Because that's what he was, wasn't he? He was that baby-faced, yeah. unbelievable, fast-paced finisher. You know, and, he was he was incredibly yeah. young. You know, he was he came yeah. into that team so young, and he was such a natural goal scorer. And for and not and for a not very big guy, you know, he had pace and he had guile and he had all that kind of stuff. And as kids, you kind of relate more to somebody who's you know even a little bit closer to your age than some of the senior players who you might respect yeah. because of their history and stuff. But you're right, as a kid, you kind of you're drawn to those really young players. But it's no, I think that with, do you know what it is? It's kind of like um, the difference for me is that I think if if players have angled to leave, wanted to leave, and then have expressed regret, I kind of am a bit more forgiving of them than the people who kind of angled to leave and then, you know, then badmouth the team or kind of like, you know, uh, like, uh, what's his name? What's that bugger name is always... All right. No, you know, I'm, now, got... I'm now happy at a bigger club. Push, you ruined my day off in 2012. It was ruined my day. I had one day off in the year because I couldn't take my birthday off, and that dipstick, you ruined it. So he's, un... he's definitely in the unforgiven pot. And then some. But Suarez? Suarez, all the way down my channel. <laughs> Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. He's, no, he's no, in the bin as well. No, no buddy, he was brilliant. There's no doubt. Like, let's not let's not um, get confused. He was awesome for Liverpool. He was such an unbelievable footballer, and all of them were. Torres, how can you not say that he was great at Liverpool? He was. Mm. I think what it is is the sour taste afterwards. Like Suarez, you know what he did, how he left, and all that, and then when he came back with Barca, how he was behaving, you know, all those things. I know. When he was with us, he was pissing other clubs off. And, you know, we have to be bigger than that and understand it. But we don't because we don't want to. So yeah, he pissed I, us off. It's a really simple Punjabi analogy. He's like the dodgy cha-cha in your family. <laughs> yeah, the one who nicks the Jameen behind your back. I'm so glad you defined dodgy. Yes. <laughs> the one who takes the Jameen behind your back. The, because they, they do other things behind your back as well. They're, they're pretty dodgy as well. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we have to order Punjabi Mafia Manja for those kind of guys as well. And girls. Maybe, maybe it's, it's not sorry, the... Jachia too. Well, maybe it's the Mudgia. Is it is it the kind of, <laughs> sort of mafia? Is it the kind of Mudgia that is our lot? Is oh, the Mudgia Cup. Mudgia. The Mudgia Cup. <laughs> Oh, That'd be brilliant. Talking, oh man. Talking about talking about Mudgy and losers, losses. I, uh, you know what? There's been some serious losses in this cup, two in this century, and and both of them really painful. I yes. have to say. I mean, the the, yeah. the Chelsea one. Um, it was just it, again. It was it was mistakes. It was mistakes. It wasn't that they were incredible. It was mistakes, and that was that was painful because 
I think we were ahead, no? Yeah, yeah Gerard we were on ahead. goal. Gerard on goal, yeah. ruined it. Yeah. That was yeah. It. So it was we're winning 1-0. That's, right, that's right, that's right. The, uh, the, the header. Yeah, yeah, the own goal header. That kind of kicked it off. And uh, the one with City, again, it's penalties. It was kind of like... We missed three penalties? I mean, I like, can't believe hell? that. I can't believe that. Three penalties. It was kind of, it was, yeah, it was extraordinary. The best Especially thing is, because we were up on the first penalty, we scored, they missed, then we yeah. missed three in a row. It's like, you're going to win this? You literally just put the ball in the net, lads. It's the best and, shot of me, God. Best shot of me, God. We lost to City and their goalkeeper was called Willie. Yeah. I have to say, that was the thing, wasn't it? I'm yeah. remembering now was the big, was, you know, who, Who's Pellegrini going to play in goal? Yeah, and actually, it was a masterstroke from him. Yeah, it was. He's a, he's to, a, to play, a penalty specialist. To, yeah. to, put, to put his willy in the goal was kind of like <laughs> was, it was a masterstroke. Well, it's another <laughs> self-stroke, I think maybe. But anyway, oh, but, um, but yeah, he played incredibly well, and that was frustrating as well. But but it's um, the time when all the Punjabis are correct when they go, he's a thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in goal with the bottom? Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God, that's terrible, guys. Caballero, I think, uh, yes. I think means gentleman, I think, in yeah. Spanish. So he's, he's Willie Gentleman. <laughs> is the, is had been introduced here. But anyway, that's beside the point as that well. That was a TV program, wasn't it? The Gentle Stroke. Yeah, that's gentle it. touch. Sorry, gentle touch. Well, the maybe the one you were watching with your dodgy <laughs> uncle who nicks the demean from behind your back with the VHS player with the with VHS with us, with us his video. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit! But yeah, that city one. Yeah, that was that was painful because obviously you know what um, they scored out of nothing. So that was Fernandinho, right from recollection. They scored a goal for them. We did nothing then, and then. Uh, what was it? Gagsy telling me, Lalana hit the first. I remember this final for all the for the most desiest of reasons. Um, a big shout out to the lad if he's listening, Parminda Basra, legend. So Parminda had possibly had one too many that day. And I was standing there, and it was another longtime listener of the pods as well, Tony Coley. Big, big shout out to Tony Coley. Great guy, home away, Europe, top lad. And me and Tony were st- sitting next to him. And so he had too much to drink and he was kind of falling asleep standing where he was sitting. And sometimes he'd lean on me, sometimes lean on Tony, sometimes lean on me. And every so often he'd just get up and go, hey! And you're like, nothing happened. Okay, no problem. <laughs> In fact, can again. <laughs> he was wide awake for the penalties though. So he sobered up by the penalties. Yeah, but it, was yeah dis- it, was, it was a disappointing game that one. That was when Saka went off with a concussion injury. That yeah. was, um, yeah, the storage. Storage came on, created for Lalana. He missed an open goal, hit the post. But then luckily, Coutinho put it in. But like you said, we, we worked so hard because obviously that team, Liverpool's team, that's Klopp's first season, takes us to two finals, loses them both. Um, the team's not really very good because what Brendan's left behind. But Man City are, are the best in the country at that point. So to give them a fight was very, we were very proud that we got to, at the end of extra time, that yeah, Liverpool did really good here. You know Can you get it, over the line? But also that you know, being you know, as soon as Klopp arrived, you know, from that first press conference that he did, mm. where he talked about being the normal one, 
and he had a sense of humor. And then he talked about being believers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. To get to that point was just such an extraordinary feeling. Because as you say, Man City were a well-oiled machine by then. But um, and they'd had the, the you know the financial input, they'd had all of that. And you know, we were coming out of the you know, the, the bad old years. Klopp had come and it was untried in terms of uh, the Premier League, you know, this new guy's coming in. You know, I didn't know whether he could speak English or not. I knew he'd been at Dortmund. I knew he'd sort of taken a, a break. But I didn't know his personality at all. And almost from the first moment where he he kind of engaged with the fans, he engaged with the club, engaged with the history. And, you know, I think for all of us, but, you know, for me, certainly, suddenly there was a guy there with a sense of humour. And so that whole thing humanized him in a way that I think very few managers have been, you know, since even that, you know, he could joke, he could laugh, he could be absolutely focused. And so to, to get to two finals was, was an amazing feeling. It was. And I mean, had we won that Europa League final, and this is not a part about that, you would be in the Champions League the next year. So it was just that he took us that close, you know, to what he needed to achieve. He did go on to achieve it the next year anyway. Mm. Um, but imagine if he had achieved it year one, maybe we would have got there a bit faster. But who knows? Who knows? At we the end of the day, done, we, you know we can't yeah, complain, but, can we? We can't complain. No, but you know what, Gags? It's also that um, it, that he was he was he came in to build a team. Yeah. And, you know, if he'd won something immediately, there would have been pressure to not build a team. True. You know, they would have just said, look, you've got you've won it. What's the matter with you? What's wrong with you? You know, and the way that he then reacted after that and the season after and then, you know, when, you know, goalie screwed up, get a new goalie. I mean, mm. he just identified that. And that's the thing that now and I'm talking about right now, this year, 2022, I think that's the first time I've seen, you know, you know, everyone's pretty much fit, is that he's built a squad with genuine depth. And I don't remember that before. I remember good Never. teams, but thinking, shit, if he, he, him and him, if they get injured, then we're screwed because it's only who are we going to bring time, on? Only one time before oh. I felt we had good mm. depth, and that was 2001. You know, when we, when, when we had the treble? Yeah. It felt like Julier could change as many components of that side because he had... Fowler, uh, Owen, Heskey. So he was switching. Then he had Lippmann Murphy, and... Gerard. Oh, yeah, Lippmann and he had Murphy, Gerard, McAllister, Haman. You know, <clears throat> he had like so many different players. Like Berger was in that team. You know, there were so many players. And then defensively, he just restructured Henshaw, Hippia, Babel could play centre back or right back. Then he had, you know, he just built, he had just somehow, I don't know, on a shoestring as well. Didn't actually spend like too, too much. Maybe Heskey was expensive. But apart from that, it just felt like that's why we won three trophies. Uh, we won three trophies and got fourth or third. Yeah. It was third yeah, back yeah. then. Third back then. And got third. And it felt like this is a squad. But then it didn't quite work out because people needed to leave, weren't getting enough game time. So if they only got 15, 20 games, that was the problem. People didn't want to be squad players. He was a bit of ahead of his time and it didn't work out. But now, <clears throat> now there's enough games because the Champions League's expanded. So all of a sudden, if you've got a big squad, you're going to get 20, 30 games each as long as you're playing. And also the five substitute thing is massive. And you're going to see that come to come into like even more over the next week or two, because he can now manage people's minutes and say 60, 30, you're both playing in this game, but you're getting 60, 30. 
and then you switch the next game. And all of a sudden, you're both playing a game each, but you're not as tired because you're getting managed and you're allowed to make five subs. But also, I think back then as well, I think you're right. That was that was a really great squad. But you kind of just from, you know, you talking then there were three or four people that were aging beyond that point. Yeah. yeah. And so that whole thing about, you know, building it over years, which is what I've you know, we've yeah, seen Klopp do is kind of like he's, he's kind of gone. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. I'm going to wait for the right person. The, the whole thing with Van Dyke, I thought was, you know, in terms of his focus, you know, he didn't rush out and, you know, <laughs> do a Brendan, you know, and buy a striker because, you know, we've come to the end of the summer transfer window. And we've got to get someone in. You know, we've kind of sold someone. And now what do we do? You know, okay. His whole thing has been has been kind of that focus in terms of, uh, OK, I'm going to manage. I'm going to manage the people, the man management within uh, the group. I think has been brilliant and brilliant. in the way that he's also removed people, he's been ruthless in yeah. that, you know, he's kind of gone, actually, you're not, you're not right for this. You're not right for it. And that's it. It's kind of like, and I think, you know, it seems like, you know, we, the fans and, you know, the players trust him. They trust that he's got a plan in mind. And so that's why I think this team now, I mean, the whole thing with Diaz coming in, I mean, I thought, Okay, well, that's great. You know, there's another creative player. But also, I mean, A, he's integrated so fast that I thought it would take him kind of like a few months to get up to speed, the physicality of the game. It was, he's just kind of like come straight in and does feel like he's been there for, you know, six months. It's truly amazing in regards to sort of like what Klopp has done. Because uh, I remember in that 15-16 season, we talked about City and Chelsea. When we played them away, we beat them off their own their own game off their park in their own stadiums so mm. first at Stamford Bridge on a very sunny Saturday Sunday and then on a dreary kind of cold Saturday evening in uh, Manchester we destroyed them Klopp was mm. new and yeah, they hadn't Klopp. they hadn't seen they hadn't seen what Klopp was all about and if mm. Klopp got the team right and they were fit Coutinho played Firmino played you know Emre Jean was looking good at the time mm. if all those players were fit and playing well they were destroying teams the mm. yeah, Lana was working hard Skirtle and Benteke scored in those games. Skirtle, Skirtle, Skirtle. No, but come on, Skirtle scored think... loads of goals in the 13-14 season. Loads. Yeah, but, yeah, but I don't think Skirtle... I don't think... Yeah, he was. I don't think Skirtle or Benteke have scored a goal since. <laughs> <laughs> Skirtle's got hair now. It's unbelievable. Hey? Yeah. How's that one? Was he, is he like he Benjamin Button? No. <laughs> is he kind of reverse aging or something? What's I happened? don't know. I think he had hair when he joined us and then decided not to have hair and then oh. went to Turkey and decided to have hair again. Maybe he had the hair transplant in Turkey like uh, what's his face did. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. Who's ever had a transplant has gone there. Was it Shakiri who did it? That's that. Shakiri was the name of my yeah. mind. Cool. <laughs> Talking of Shakiris and things like that, I mean, we've talked and we've gone around in regards to from where we are in regards to 2016 to where we are now. We just turn our thoughts towards the final. Mm. Yeah, We're playing Chelsea. So Chelsea have got there by virtue of beating different teams along the way. We've got there by beating different teams along the way. Now, with Chelsea and Thomas Tuchel, so you've got two German managers meeting each other again, and it's in a final. What do you guys think? So, I mean, ha- having seen the last time we played Chelsea in a final, which was the Super Cup, we beat them. So I remember it vividly because I was there with my wife in Turkey. Um, Pulisic was the pain. 
Intriguingly, Pulisic was the pain also in the away fixture earlier this season. Yeah, he just... It always seems to be whenever Liverpool play against Pulisic, Pulisic seems to have a measure of our defence and can dribble against them, can run against them really, really well. They have other players like Kovacic, sorry, Kovacic and N'Golo Kante who are extremely press resistant. Obviously, as gags, you know, much better than me um, in that regard. But, you know, they're a machine when they operate. But they're a machine that hasn't been firing at all cylinders. Yeah, whereas no. we've, gotten, you know, we've got better and better um, over the last few months or so. Chelsea have seemed to have had a dip in form and they've also spent 95 million on a striker who doesn't want to score goals. Like genuinely, well, Lukaku does not want to score goals. I think, this, I mean, part of the problem watching Chelsea is that, you know, on paper, they've got a really strong squad. And, you know, up until about, what, two months ago, three months ago, they were looking like they were going to be challenging City, really. And then it's all kind of fallen apart. And I think part of the problem with, you know, with spending that much, I mean, it's, it's uh, man, you've got it with Ronaldo coming back is that you've spent that much on the person, you you kind of feel that you have to build the team around them. And, and, and they can imbalance what was there before. And that's what seems to have happened at uh, Man United, is that Ronaldo's just imbalanced that team. And the individual players are brilliant. But, you know, as a team, they can't gel. Mm-hmm. And I think the same with Chelsea is that they end up by blowing hot and cold because, you know, once Lukaku comes in, they kind of go, what, what do we do? It, it, is he the target man? Different. Do we get it to his feet? What is yeah. he the hold up play? Who's he bringing in? It's and it all gets kind of confusing. And the 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 thing which Klopp has done over time is built them into a team, and everyone knows what they're doing. And so even the you know people who come in um, have uh, you know they buy into that philosophy or understand that philosophy, or at least Klopp kind of makes sure that they understand that is the philosophy. That's the key point because there's a, there seems to be a resistance from both sides in terms of Lukaku trying to learn the Tuchel philosophy and then Tuchel trying to base the team around Lukaku. It's not happening either way, I think. Whereas one's adamant, play, play everybody, I'm the four, I'm, I'm 95 million pound player. You've spent this money on me, play to my strengths. And a manager's like, I don't care because it looks like he's not wanted him. He's not bought him. The people above yeah. him who run the club, because Inter Milan, because Chelsea do dodgy dealings with loads of other teams, because this is how they play, this is how they do stuff. They've done something there, some kind of. Why would you pay ninety-five million? He's not worth ninety-five million. There's something going on with how they and they, the way they sell players and buy them back and the loan stuff. Chelsea are very dodgy. So again. It doesn't surprise me at all that there's some problems there within the in team. In your old job, you could have checked when they clicked mid-tech MRC. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> because at the end of the day, he doesn't fit them. He does not fit that team. And they seem to do that a lot, Werner. I mean, you know. But also, I imagine, you know, with any kind of top player, of which, you know, Lukaku, you know, was, you know, particularly... No, he literally. is. He is, yeah. You know, was, that, it, was that, you know, if you're going to draw that player, you you... From what I understand, I've never been involved in any of these discussions, so I really don't know what I'm talking about, which is also true for everything that I say about everything, by the way, is that you would kind of go, you know, you strike the deal. That's fine. You do the personal terms. But within that, you would be going, listen, you're the main man. We want you to lead the line. You're kind of our goal scorer. You're our guy. You're our focus. You know, that team that's behind you with those great players that, you know, Kante and other people that you mentioned, you know, they're there to serve you. It's a, and so they get there. It's not happening. You get dropped. You know. You kind of get, and then you kind of go. Well, I don't. I don't know what I'm. What? Who? Who am I then? 
who I'm, I'm, I'm not here just to play football because I've got it's 95 million. I've done the personal terms. You know, if you're going to Fenerbahce, then you get your hair transplant. If you come to Chelsea, you get, I don't know, a discount on King's Road in a couple of the shops. And it's kind of like, well, I've got that, but it's that's not football. That's not yeah, a football it's, bit. It's, you know what? Chelsea has this in them. Um, there's lots of players from the Winston Bogard era to the Claudio Pizarro era, and then beyond that as well, whereby they collected a wage packet. And they get a hefty wage. They get a very nice house as well in the very, 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 very expensive and exclusive private roads that are dotted around Cobham and Oxshot and all these kind of places. Um, and Lukaku, you know, I sit there and I think that sometimes if Tommy was a Punjabi, and if Tommy younger, if Tommy was a Punjabi, yeah, he'd be seriously having a go at these guys. Uh, mm. You know, looking at Dime, <laughs> and you've obviously got Rami and I'm Romelu Lukaku looking at Dime and Rami and thinking you know we spent all this money you still don't work yeah? so what, what, do you think, so what do you think it is with, with uh, Timo then you know because that was somebody that Klopp you know was looking at yeah so I just think with Timo he the It's confidence. It's a confidence There's thing. A, it's Klopp not will no, make you feel like you are the bee's knees, Budge. That's a, that's you know what, what it is. Timo got dumped by his first girlfriend. His first girlfriend was supposed to be Liverpool, and they dumped yeah. him. He hasn't got that. over it. I, I just don't think the managers, those managers, they're good. They're tactically very good, but the big difference between Klopp and some of these managers is that not only is he tactically good, he's a good people's person. He knows how to keep those people motivated. For example, you look at Takumi Minamino. He scored, what, eight, nine goals this season from yeah. like a handful of minutes. Great example. And yeah. he's so happy. If yeah. you see his interviews, if you see him under in training, got a big beaming smile. No player would normally be happy. Yeah, he's probably not 100% satisfied, but he knows that the manager's willing to put him into some games. And if there's a, if they, if you achieve something, like where it looks like we're going to, or we're going to get to, you know, uh, have a season where we're going to get to some finals or at least in a title race, mm. then as a player, you feel quite, I've, I've scored a lot of goals here. <laughs> if he gets double figures, for example, by the end of the season, for a handful of minutes, that's a success. That's yeah, a successful yeah. season for a player, for a forward. So things like that, he scored more than Werner. He scored more than Lukaku probably. Well, actually not more, more than Lukaku. Lukaku scored more, but, but oh, Lukaku example, the last game, the last game, Lukaku, seven touches only. Yeah, it yeah, was the lowest sure. amount of touches registered by Opta since they collected stats. That just wow. shows. You the, yeah, it shows you the whole disparity between system, player, manager. You know, the whole thing doesn't work. That's there's something wrong there. And if he's being forced to play because of his price tag, I hope he really plays on Sunday. I really do. Because yeah, if that's going to be the case, that's brilliant for us. But again, and plus, you know, Virgil is looking back to his bloody best. Yeah, yeah, he is actually. I did the first few games he came back, and I thought he's looking a little rusty, hmm. looking a little off the pace. But the last couple of games, I thought he was just brilliant. He was kind yeah. of just yeah, as you say, back to back to his best. But but also, you know, you kind of go. This is the whole thing about the the squad thing. You know, you can rest. You know, you wouldn't really think of resting you know the the robo or trent you you know in crucial games you wouldn't but you kind of go robo you can rest now because what's his name one day that's come in um, 
Yeah, I mean, the last last game he was brilliant. Um, yeah. you know, my my son's sixteen, so he, you know, he and I bond yeah. over uh, the uh, you know Liverpool and, and football, and he kind of said, you know what? He said, he said, I really rate Costas, mm. and I said, you could see it in his work ethic. You can, he's a different player to Robbo, but yeah. you can see that he brings something. There's and that passion and that energy. And going back to you talking about um, you know, the management side of it, uh, the man management side of it people persons was that again when Klopp first came in he said that the first thing I want to understand is why aren't people smiling when they're playing football what is this what is this not enjoying it I, what, what's that about and so that whole thing gets the heart of the psychology of playing the game and not the finances so then it doesn't matter if you're Alison and you come in for that money or uh, Van Dyke coming in for that money because he kind of goes yeah yeah that that is that Right. Good luck to you. Not, but on the pitch, we play football. We got to enjoy it. Let's in, enjoy each other. Let's kind of be connected. Let's kind of and that kind of man 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 management, I think, is not only it's special with him because I think that is a human thing. You know, that's not about football managers. That's about us as people, uh, being able to read people and hear them, and see them and inspire them, and you know, to be surprised by them and to be, to enjoy that. So, you know, um, you know, with Sacco, I mean, I, you know, I don't know what happened on that, but he was kind of, he was straight out. So whatever it was that Klopp kind of saw as Discipline. a man mantra. Indiscipline, missed, missed two, uh, missed multiple meetings and was late and was having a, a piss take or laughing a joke. And that was it because I'm not having it. And he's had an electric career since leaving Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> completely. But I think he would have been a Austin massive success at Liverpool because playing in the team, if we just sorted that out, he yeah. he had the quality to become really good. But when you're indisciplined, that's the killer, isn't it? You need to be able to have something about you. Respect is massive. He he draws on respect, and I think there's a synergy then that drives through the team, but then through the club and into the fans. And Baji will tell you that, you know, I don't think there'd be better times than there have been travelling and watching Liverpool right oh, now. Oh, no. You know what? So, I was one of the lucky guys to go to Inter Milan the other weekend. Sorry, the oh. other week, sorry. Wow. Um, Inter Milan away. And just the energy that's there. There's only less than 2,000 of us that are there. But the passion and the energy that the travelling cop has, and it, it was channeled through cop. Like, you at the end, you're waiting for the fist pumps. Yeah, you're there. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's gonna do it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And, he's, and when he doesn't do it, you're like, oh no. Let me um, ask you, let me ask you guys something actually. That just in terms of the you know being uh you know at games and you know going to away matches and stuff like that. In the time that you've been going, it's something that's really noticeable now, uh that you know, if I'm watching, you know, any football match on TV, I notice the Arpenir in the, whichever team it is, you know, and I'm, I'm and I kind of go, good, that's great, that's great. Whatever team they're supporting, I go, I'm glad you're there. I'm glad you're there. Have you noticed a difference uh, from, in terms of the way that you're regarded or accepted or looked at or communicated with over um, the time that you've been going? Yeah, massively. So I, I got my season ticket in the year my daughter was born, which is 2011. Hmm. 
So after getting tickets from here, there, or everywhere, you know, some dodgy uncle from the Midlands who's who would sell tickets sometimes or anywhere really, and you'd spend spend so much over face value just to get to a football match. You couldn't do it all the time. Hmm. Um, and when I got my season ticket, I thought, wow, you know, this is it. I, I've made it. And I realized I couldn't get away tickets. Or I could some away tickets. I had to build your away credits over years. And going and as, as soon as you start going repeatedly you kind of start seeing that there's other people who look like you so mm. there's, more, there's more things as well it's like it's great and it culminated around 2015 2016 so i had an opportunity to support the lfc foundation and i won an auction to have dinner with the brazilians at the time so it was Firmino, Coutinho, Coutinho and lucas labor and labor came wearing a security jacket which we could never understand. But he had a big bomber kind of security jacket on. Didn't take it off throughout the whole evening. And I fired a kid, yeah. And you're like going, bro, there's, there's no mudgy out here. And I'm there. We're not coming to get you, I promise. Um, but, but that was a real eye-opener with myself and with the club. And then after that, during the 15-16 season, got to interview certain players and got to do a few things for LFC TV. Um, and I then got really lucky by either hook or crook or by someone not realizing what they'd done and they created a supporters forum for LFC and they they had a ticketing forum and I'd been quite vocal about ticketing when they went into the 77 pound price rises way back when as so I, was, I was really shocked when my name came out of this draw of people to be on the supporters forum uh, around ticketing so that also has helped with engagement with the club um, and then educating them about things I mean I can give an example in this pod and Gags knows about this as well is that I'm I'm back you know I'm, I'm retired I'm a Sikh who's not going to shorn my hair. I wear a kurban, I have a ganga, I have kashel, I have all the things. And I explained to Tony Barrett and the Equality and Diversity Leads at the time at Liverpool about what the kurban signifies to people, and especially at a sporting event, what can happen to us. And I cited what happened at the Olympics and what could happen, what they could do. And Liverpool at Anfield specifically now follows an airport level protocol. So if you can go to a match with your kurban on, they understand what it's about. They're not going to stop you. So if you look like me and you're worried about going to the football match, you don't have to worry. And also, I think it culminated when we won the league. So helping um, and, and being um, asked by Liverpool to, to be part of something with them called Reds Together. So, you know, that's massive for me. My face is in every match day programme. My, my face, <laughs> for better or for worse, is on the stadium. Who would have thought that 10 years ago? That's Who what I mean. That? That's what I think. It's, it's, it's interesting to me. Because now and yeah. stuff like that, isn't there? Yeah, you had, the, you had other things. What were the um, BBC Sports Personality of the Year when it was Jordan Henderson. You had Amon Singh, uh, mm. great fan and great brother to this podcast to most of their fans out there. Anyone who enjoys the pizza as well with Mr. Singh's mm. pizza. Yeah, ask the man, Amon, um, with BBC Sports Personality of the Year. And Gags himself, so people from Anfield Index who've gone on things like LFC TV and other um, things um, with other yeah. journalists. It's massive, right? Uh, so that the Desi culture coming to the forefront hasn't surprised me. I think what's really, really good now is that I see younger people and more younger people, so people who are half my age, travelling to things like Inter Milan away and not yeah, thinking yeah. twice about it. And that's the best part. So there's a whole group of kids who, I said, they're half my age at least, if not younger, and they're going. And there's more of them than there are of us. So we're just going to see more and more and more and more as we go along. And that's great for the future, right? Yeah, this is really, really heartwarming. So, you know, as a kid, it was, you know, particularly through the 70s and the 80s, you know, football matches were, you know, um, sort of venues for punch-ups and, uh, 
casual racism and casual sexism and everything else. And so, you know, I was kind of, I remember, uh, and, you know, it was hurtful to hear, um, you know, friends of mine, you know, going to see a football match at Anfield in the late 70s, early 80s, and then, you know, supporting Liverpool and then being beaten up by Liverpool supporters, right? Because they were Asian, because they were black. And it's not, you know, it's the bit of supporting your team which you want to look away from. You know, it's kind of, you know, it's not the player's fault or whatever. It's society, it's culture or whatever. Um, so that, you know, that changing over time is, and particularly for, you know, a childhood club for me and those associations and what you guys do actually, you know, in your involvement, you know, with the Anfield Index and, you know, with the uh, sports forums and everything else that you guys have been talking about is incredibly heartening because as a child, I remember we had um, friends of the family who lived in Slough and their son um, supported Chelsea. And, you know, I just liked football as a kid. And he said, oh, well, you should come, to, I'll take you to a, a Chelsea game. And I thought, yeah, okay. You know, I've never seen a football match. That'd be quite exciting. You know, I knew some of the, who, yeah, I recognized some of the players and stuff. And he said, yeah, yeah. He said, look, you stick with me. He said, I go with an iron a bar uh, up my sleeve uh, for try and I thought I don't want to be involved in that shit. I'm sort of eleven. I don't want to be dealing with iron bars. Give me a gun. That's fine. Part of the mudgia. But um, so you know the thing now. Uh, that's, that's, what I, that's why. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I think you know it's you know and I you know as you know I've been to Anfield not as many times as I'd like to, and you know the first time I went I was a little bit wary. Um, I thought, I don't quite sure how I'm going to be regarded or whatever. And, you know, it was also after I've been on telly, so some people recognize me anyway. And I remember when I was there when um, the Count hat trick against Man U, I was at, the, at that match and I'd gone as a guest of uh, Standard Chartered. So I could park my car inside the stadium. And, um, and I got out of the car and the previous game, I think, had been season one or two seasons before when we'd lost to Chelsea at home. And uh, again, I'd gone as a guest of um, Standard Chartered and I parked my car and one of the uh, stewards came up and he said, uh, you all right there? And I said, uh, yeah, fine, thanks. He said, last time you were here, we got beat. And I said, I said, are you saying it's my fault? He said, could be. I said, well, you were here as well. He said, good point. I said, good point. <laughs> But it was oh, all kind of fun and it was jovial. It was nice. And then, yeah. you know, the last time I went, um, you know, not, not, not that long ago, it like it transformed. And, you know, when I, I, I got the train up from London and, you know, I was waiting for a taxi and I ended up sharing the taxi with a father and daughter, this he father and daughter. And the daughter, I, I'm guessing, was in her late 30s, I guess. And the father looked like he was in his late 60s or something like that. And the two of them were coming to watch the match. I thought Imagine. this is glorious. This is absolutely glorious. I'm here with my 16-year-old, but this is a you know a, an older father and a daughter who are coming to watch this. It was it was brilliant, brilliant. Such a great feeling. I mean, um... I, I agree that it's just I've taken my girl's part. He's taken his daughter. Um, you know. Uh, unfortunately, my girls only now check to see if dad's mood's all right. So they check the score every every weekend to say, <laughs> dad's going to be all right today. Yeah, great. But they do celebrate. They don't They don't want to watch. They're not interested. They said, look, you gave us Star Wars and Marvel. We love it. That's yeah. with us, with you. <laughs> Liverpool, we kind of like, you know what they enjoyed? They really enjoyed. 
they enjoyed the Man City game just now, the Spurs oh, okay. game. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> the drama in the last oh, 10 minutes neck. was yeah. so, it that's Premier League like historic type levels, isn't it? Where the drama is one. But because I was so excited, because my dad was so excited that we wanted City to lose, right? Yeah. They were jumping up and around the around the room because it was like, but obviously Liverpool games is normally done and dusted. Is sometimes it's late, but normally we've beaten them or get come, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was only the Barcelona game they did that when I, me and Baji were together. We're very positive about the Bar- Barcelona game. We said we're going to win. We're going through that day. Both of us, there's mm. proof on WhatsApp. We both said we got a feeling we're going to beat these lot, whether it's four one and go through on, um, you know, sorry, whatever it is, three nil or four nil. Go to extra time and penalties or 4 0. We're going to win. We both said that. Fair. So, these, so the girls and my daughter watching it at home, and my dad tells me, never, he goes, these, the girls were nuts. So, <laughs> they're not mad Liverpool fans, but if it means something, they are, they're there. They're in, they're in there to get that, that, that rush, if you get what I mean. So, my daughter's little one still says to me, You're going to Wembley without me. Last time you took me, we beat Barcelona 4 0 at Wembley. You didn't. Why aren't you taking me this time? We'll win four 0 again. I was like, hopefully we win four 0 without you. <laughs> so let's see. But um, I would, I would I was... love for them to be Liverpool fans. I really would. Well, the but thing even that... that much interest is good. Did I did, did I tell you? You know, so obviously my son, you know, supports Liverpool. But mm. did, did I tell you how that came about? No. Have I told you that? Okay. So um, and after I've told you that, I don't also because you know the three of us come from you know different parts of uh, the UK live in different parts of the UK. So I'm kind of interested in how you became Liverpool fan to start with. But with my son, so he was about three and, you know, loved playing football and stuff. And we lived in East London at the time. And he said, Papa, he said, you know, which team should I support? And I said, look, you should support whichever team you want, right? You know, you I support Liverpool, but you don't have to support Liverpool. Support whichever team you want. And he said, well, all, the, all my friends support West Ham. And I said, yeah, apart from West Ham, you can support any team you want. And he said, uh, well, some of the kids like Tottenham. I said, yeah, yeah, well, apart from West Ham and Tottenham, you could support any team you want. And he thought for a second, he went, Liverpool? I went, if you want, if you want. Would you, do you want it? He went, yeah. And it was Make right. it look like it was his choice. I love it. Brilliant. <laughs> so, um, so you, you know, where you were brought up and how did you become Liverpool fans? Um, for me, it's the same as last time, really. So, um, Gungi and Gunga. So you had Gungi and Gunga, Goss. I know this Goss story. Of, of the big brother fame way back when. So yeah. Goss, also known as Gunga, lived next door to Gungi. Gungi being my uncle uh, in the middle of Park Avenue, as you do, because it's this epicenter of South Hall in the universe of my life. My great grand lived. Um, every Saturday we all went there. So we would trek over from old South Hall, Havelock Road areas, cross over the bridge, walk over to where they lived in Park Avenue. Everyone's watching wrestling. It's not wrestling, Mokugi. It was big match or anything like that. That's right. yeah, Liverpool. Yeah. That was it. Um, you had the VCR story earlier about, you know, Asif. Weekends and Easter holidays or Christmas or anything like that. We had a VCR. We had those classic top loaders. So, yeah. You know, not, not in like, classic top loader by That's Hikachi. Right. We, my mum would lug that machine from Southall to Ilford. <laughs> because in, in Ilford, her musty lived in Ilford. So my grand when I was in the UK was my mama's mussy. And we'd take it to mus- uh, my mama's mussy's house and plug it all in. And everyone would get excited to watch a film that they'd rented from the local video shop and stuff like that. And they used to live just off Old Ilford Lane. Mm. And both of my um, mummy were, were, are, still as I know, West Ham fans. 
So they were huge West Ham fans and they were bored to Jordan Lyon. They kept on saying to me, West Ham, mm-hmm. West Ham. I said, oh, I don't like, like I said to you last time, I don't like the colour purple. Not the mm-hmm. book. Not the book. <laughs> I don't like the colour. Yeah, we've been there. I don't like the colour purple. I don't like the colour purple. And they must see my mom, elder mama got upset, stuck me on a bramble bush. And my mum came running down the stairs hearing my screams. My mum, my katapa to me for crying and making a noise. Katapa is a slap. So one big slap to my mum. My uncle, one big slap to me, and that was it. I was put off West Ham for life. Following weekend, they're watching Liverpool. I like this thing in red blurring around a TV screen. Historically, my family's from Kenya. They used to have a tribute team called Liverpool Mombasa. All the links came together, and Jalan Medipai, Liverpool was the team for me. Most of Southwold grew up watching supporting Liverpool. I, yeah, and uh, how, how, how old were you at that, at that point? Oh, I was about six or seven. Right, right. Six okay. or seven. So this is, this is just before... The, the cup final periods. So obviously yeah. I knew about the League Cup because of my uncle, uh, who, was in, who was the same age as me, because he was the youngest out of like the trio, mm-hmm. out of six or seven sisters and a son, uh, mm-hmm. of which my my dad was kind of like one of the sons of one of the daughters. Like, it just was a very big family. Mm. And um, so I remember the 84 final, mm. a little bit Roma for the European Cup. So, you know, like, all, all the, that was it. That was the trigger for me. Then as soon as obviously the, pissed off to Sampdoria and I'm like going well that was great wasn't it and you had the rum uh, you know Phil Neal was upset that Kenny was going to become player manager and all this stuff and hmm. the, the rest is history as they say that was yeah, a yeah. memory for me as well the um the the European I was only from five-ish by of that but dad was watching it but dad was a, a big Clough fan so hmm. he kind of loved Nottingham Forest just because of the manager hmm. but he was Man United through and through because mm-hmm. he when he came to the country in 68 he lived in Manchester. Hmm. So they won the European Cup that year as well. And he was kind of just blown away by the, you know, that a city takes over, doesn't it? Football mm-hmm. takes yeah. over a city. You kind of get, you get, you get taken by the wave, should we say? It's a tidal wave when you win the European Cup. And he just went, right, I'm into football now. He's never, you know, now he supports Liverpool because as soon as it became my business hmm. and he retired and uh, yeah, conveniently Liverpool became good. He, uh, he, he just. He, <laughs> Your dad's a glory fan. Yeah, so he watch. He, he, he basically wears Anfield index shirts, literally at home. Everything since it was since 2011, he just said. And you know, we're all right then. But he just said, look, if this is your passion, then I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a Liverpool supporter too. You know what I mean? So he did that for me. But when I was a kid, so he kind of. I knew he liked football because he was watching it all the time. Any, he watches any game, by the way. So even if it's it, he watches Liverpool stuff, and if it needs streaming, he's like, get in here and put the stream on, right? <laughs> but any like weekends, every Premier League game because he's retired now, he'll watch what's on TV. Every single one, he won't mm-hmm. miss it because he just loves football from you know from the sixties. So when I was growing up, I was getting into football. He loved that I love football, mm. but he didn't like the fact that I was go- wasn't going the way he he wanted. Mm-hmm. So there was always that. We never watched football together, by the way, because we were always at each other's throats <laughs> from a young age. So yeah. when I started watching and I started gearing towards this team on TV, that's always winning in red. Mm. And it was Liverpool. And then I was collecting all these collectibles from, you know, like I said to you before, news mm. agents and the kickoff mm. and whatever mm. from with Rush's face on there. And that was my idol, right? Ian Rush was my first idol. And him winning all these trophies. I was just growing up into that phase then from six to 11 understanding what it was you don't do you really you don't mm. really know what it is you mm-hmm. just love it because it's like exciting and someone's winning when it get to the age of 10 11 
and Liverpool in this FA Cup semi-final, and Man United are in this FA Cup semi-final. Historically, two of the best semi-finals because Liverpool lost four-three to Palace. Mm-hmm. Old and Man United was three-three. Went to a replay, right? So, the, and it used to be the same day, wasn't it? That's right. So he got me two shirts that weekend. He got me a grey Liverpool top and he got me a red United top. And he was like, this kid's going to go for the red one. Because <laughs> he thought it was just the colour red. Right. Stupidly, right? And in my naivety, I took that red shirt and put it in the bin in front of him. <laughs> so when Baji talks Kutapa, that was a proper Kutapa. Not because it was Man United, but because it cost a lot of money. And he's yeah. like, yo... Get that thing out. I'm gonna get that thing out, clean it, get it back and get a refund. <laughs> I don't mind you taking the grey one. Yeah. Keep the grey one because we were going great away kit back then. That was my first ever shirt was a grey away kit. But in the end, he, he, he couldn't give it back. He had to keep you the United shirt. It, it explains so much about cold, dark rooms. <laughs> <laughs> so in the end, that's how but then all my cousins supported Liverpool too. Uh, my age group all supported Liverpool too. Uh, as we started growing up, we started going to Collymore era. We started going to Anfield together as mm. as kids, you know, as 16, 17, 18 year olds. That's when it really started because we couldn't go before that age. Mm. Uh, nobody trusted us to go up, up there on our own. We used to sneak into Wolves away ends mm-hmm. for games when they're in the League One or League, you know, League Two, just to get an experience of live football. Mm. That was the only way we could we could experience it. And and like you said, people was people used to say, "Don't go," but because back then your parents always worked and your grandparents mm. at home think you're playing football outside. We literally caught a bus. It was a quid each, two quid each to get into Wolves. But you know what the brilliant thing was? The skinheads used to lift us up because I'm short now. I was even shorter then. It was all standing. They used mm. to lift me up and sit me on the, you know, the standing, the all standing oh. things where you can sit on. Or you could literally yeah, yeah. stand behind me and make me sit there so I could watch it. So That's these skinheads, it was never, they were like, with the kids, they were great. They, they recognized, you know what? this is the future. We need the youngsters to watch. So we used to watch the Steve Bulls and the Andy Mutches of that time, you know, so it was good though, because you get that taste, don't you, of live football and that buzz of scoring a goal or whatever. And, um, but yeah, Liverpool was always the love. And then as soon as that happened and it, you got the chance to start buying tickets and going yourself, then building a business out of it in a podcast, it's just uh, taken over my life, Baji, at the end of the day. So, and now we it's, produce... it's living the dream, isn't it? It is living the dream. This is your, pa- this your passion. So, Absolutely. you know, your passion is your work. I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's that old adage about, uh, you know, do what you love and you never have to work a day in your life. Yeah, but then I don't get to meet somebody like you. I don't get to make mates of someone like Baji who's made a big difference in my life in a lot of ways. You know, to these things, how many people you meet, you know, in just, just over something like Liverpool, it's a team you support, it's incredible. It's incredible. Well, that's, you know, well, that's why. That's why I wanted to recap in terms of, you know, how you first, you know, got into Liverpool because I think journeys to me are fascinating, and uh, and I, I. By the way, I regard both of you as mates. By the way, it's so just. Oh, just so thank you. you. Um, but it's, but it's that it's a shared passion thing, and there's, you know, there is so much kind of um, tension in anyone's given life that you know to find something that you can share. Right, a joy that you can share is just is just the best feeling, and you know when I've been filming in India, and there were kids, there were you know kids on set who I say kids, they were younger people on set who were all into the Premier League, and you know on a Saturday 
you know, somebody would have their Liverpool shirt, someone would have their Arsenal shirt. They'd always go and watch the game in a bar or something like that. And it, it's that wonderful shorthand that sports does. Actually, sports and music are probably the two things that, you know, can cross worldwide. It can cross barriers of all kinds. And, uh, and you know, I saw the power of that now. And it's also because the game from, you know, when I watched it as a kid is now so international in terms of, you know, where the different fan clubs are, where the fans come from, where the players come from. You know, it's, it's, it's a much more kind of international integrated uh, sport than just about any other one I can think of. You know, basketball, it's mainly Americans and a couple of Europeans who play basketball. You know, American football, it's mostly them. It's, do you know what I mean? And even with cricket, it's kind of localised a lot more. But football is totally integrated. And uh, that kind of reflected in terms of, uh, the fandom and also where those connections can then be made I think is fascinating you know that whole idea of being you know the plastic fan you know the kind of like you don't come from the city and blah 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 is is a nonsensical argument now because you kind of go well there's fans in Malaysia and there's fans in India and there's fans in Australia and there's, I mean you know that whole nature of it of of who supports and who's who can legitimately support the team that's changed you know since since i was a kid and so th those kind of journeys are fascinating to me I mean, i've got to bring it back really i suppose to where we are now football is desi 100 is desi yeah you know, there's a football family yeah you hug a stranger millie wedding uh, bribery <laughs> but bribery fifa uefa definitely desi <laughs> dodgy transfers Cash deal, definitely Desi. <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea and Man City are definitely Desi, man. <laughs> they're, they're the worst. <laughs> they are they're your the uncle, your dodgy uncle. <laughs> they're they're going to sell the Jameen from the And they did. Can they? <laughs> they did. Yes, <laughs> he did. Okay, he literally okay. sold the Jameen. Ek pawned it. Talking about Shuru, obviously from the Shuru of our League Cup journey, we are now in the mm. final. So I've got to ask, Baji, you got a ticket? Are you going? No, I haven't. Yeah, I then. haven't got a ticket. Uh, oh, are you guys gosh. going? Yes, yeah. we have got tickets. Because oh, I was going to ask you for a spare. Um, <laughs> again, again, Desi. Well, <laughs> what I could do, well, if I... Because I'm, you know, I'm not tall, but if I can find a skinhead who can lift me up, and put me on a on a oh yeah, we put oh me on top of Wembley God. or something. Um, then that may be the case. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna have to be watching it here with my son. So yeah. it's uh, yes. um, which which is always a joy. It's always a joy. I mean, you know, I mean, he you know he had uh, some stuff after school during the week, so I had to watch the kind of games on my own, and it's fine. It's but it's not the same. It's not the yeah. same. You know, it's watching it with somebody. I remember my friend. Uh, uh, Pete, who's from Liverpool, and when we were at university, um, you know, we would kind of get together on a Saturday or a Sunday and, and then watch them. And it just it just transformed the experience, you know, that whole social experience of watching it. Uh, I mean, when I've been abroad, when I certainly when I was filming in India, I can't remember whether I told you this last time, but um, I think it was when I was doing that documentary series. Yeah, it was when I was doing that documentary series. So I, I was on and off in India for about two months. And I went to Rajasthan to do, we were filming something there and I picked up some virus there. And so they'd put us in this really fantastic hotel for two nights, one of those ex-palace 
type places. Mm. And um, but I was I, five days. I couldn't leave the room. I, the doctor had to come to the room. I had blood tests and all the rest of it. I was coughing. I'd got mild pleurisy. So I'd sort of gunk in my lungs. I was coughing all the time. And so I rang uh, my missus. I rang me up. Um, to, you know, said, Look, don't worry, I'm a bit ill, but it's okay. I've seen the doctor and everything. And I'm, I'm milking the kind of, you know, the sympathy. So I'm coughing, obviously. And, uh, and she said, gosh, you sound really bad. I went, it's really bad, but, you know, it's okay. I'm being looked after it. And she said, are you eating okay? I said, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And in the middle of the conversation, I went, Gerard Scott! And she just said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm so sorry. I turned the telly down so she didn't know I was watching the game. And I got busted. Uh, I mean, I was genuine. I was genuinely not well, but yeah, but, but yeah, that but, wasn't but, good. But but but, but it was but that. Old, but absolutely, and the, but that thing of being away, you know, yeah. when I've been on my own, it becomes that connection with here a little bit. Yeah, you know, and so uh, it's yeah. I it's, can't it's actually. Incredibly... I actually love watching the game with the community that we built in Discord. Yeah. We've got our Discord server where literally all of our members and others are in there, and literally, you know, if I'm not going the one place I want to be is in there talking to them, watching it with them. And sometimes we fight and we argue about what we disagree, but I always tell them when you watch football, it's emotional, leave it in yeah. there at that time. Cause when you watch it again after it's very calm, but at the yeah, time yeah. it's very emotional watching football. So whatever we say to each other, just leave it at the 90 minutes. It's fine. It's just, well, wait a minute. What, what, what do you get? What do you get angry about? each other oh just basically someone will say someone's playing crap and you say shut the hell up mate he's playing oh, fine. Okay. You, know, you know just opinions isn't it you argue yeah, 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 yeah. So, and then you start throwing stats and you're talking rubbish and stuff like that but point is it's it's a community where whilst you're watching you've got all these things going on anytime there's a throw in or it's gone out you're quickly typing in there you know things like it's just it's i i love watching the game with all of them oh, you're, and, connect, you know, you're con connecting exactly you? i'm connected mm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird, like in saying it's 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 not in person, yeah. but it's still connected. It's the same people all the time, you know, and it feels like a community. So, yeah, I love that. It is a community. That's yeah, the thing, is, isn't I, it? I mean, you know, that's the thing that's changed is that now you can be virtual and you can be remote, but you can be connected. And and again, I you know, it comes back to me for that about the passion, it that shared passion thing you know, can cross all sorts of divides, you know, cross culture, cross age, cross gender, you know, cross, uh, you know, your, your journey to wherever you've got to, to this point, because it's, it's poured into that passion, which is a beautiful, wonderful thing. There's not many things like it. No, there isn't. There's nothing um, like I mean, it. I, you know, I mean, what gags I hadn't seen you since 20, like, late 2020. Actually, no, I hadn't seen you since March. the beginning. March 2020 was the Atletico yes. Madrid match. Was the last game. match that, that I hadn't seen, and mm. I mean, Gag's life has changed. My life has changed since then. Um, and we didn't get to see each other until December last year. The Wolverhampton yeah, away, away match, Wolves yeah. away, November December last year, and, and that to me was shocking. It's like in almost like 18, 20 months of my life with people that I would be connected to, seeing on a more than regular basis, mm. and not seeing them anymore for such a long time. Yeah. Um, and even more of them we'll get to see finally again come the finals. And why I'm looking forward so much more forward to Sunday than any other match previously is because the, the pre-match stuff that we used to do is going to happen again. Where yeah, people meet yeah. up, we eat yeah. together, you know, go to the match, have fun, enjoy it, you know, no matter what happens. Mm. Um, 
obviously, given the fact that it's Chelsea and they're my Gwandia and they don't like me, I don't like them. It's fine. I want my Gwandi to cry a lot, a hell of a lot, actually. Um, I don't want to come home crying. I mean, so bearing that in mind, what do you guys think is going to happen? This is where you get to do predictions. Wow. They're due due a pouting from us, an absolute pouting from us. They are due one. And they've not faced the team that we've been thinking out. There's always been someone injured the last few years when we play them and now they're going to get hopefully the Tiago, the Fab and the VVD, the real VVD with a new front three with Diaz who they probably won't understand or know and I'll tell you what if that's the team they're going to get they're going to be in for a real difficult game this time round and if they try and attack they're going to get caught so I've got a feeling they're just going to come and sit and we're going to pick the holes out of them because they're not in great form either so I, I personally think, you know, we're going to have a real good go at Chelsea this time. And we're brimming with confidence. So I'm going in real confident. I think we're going to smash them. Cool. So guys, you're saying Tommy the Tushi Pardaniya. Pardaniya. Okay. You know, like that saying, Tommy. <laughs> 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 So, so basically, <laughs> Thomas Kutta, Thomas Kutta, the team, Jiri Agiya. They'll be tail between their legs. I, I think you. I, I mean, you know, I always have that fear of, you do. of a you prediction do. in my head, and but I, I agree with you. I think that that at the moment, the team, I think, you know. It's a. It, hopefully, it'll be pretty much complete team. Maybe not Firmino, from what I've kind of read. Yeah, but uh, not Firmino and Jota looks like. But the the three we got are superb. You, you don't know? think Jota will be fit in time? Think, for the... I, I think he'll be well, just on the. If he's fit, he'll be on the bench. I don't think he'll start. Well, I mean, what a person fine. to bring on. You know, yeah. it's kind of a, <laughs> uh, he's great off the bench as well, right? He's he so is great. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've all got something. They all feel like they've got something to prove to each other and to yeah. themselves, and that's the thing. They kind of. That that rotation, that movement at the front is is but you got things like Elliot coming through. You got people like Naby Keir on the bench yeah. that can change a game. You got all these things, and if Hendo's not playing, he's to come off the bench, it's massive, you know. So yeah. you got all these type of things. Everyone wants to prove something right now that they they deserve to be in the first eleven, and they're all yeah. trying to prove it. And that is a healthy atmosphere in the club. They're not like hating on each other. They yeah, all love yeah. each other. Watch the inside training videos on YouTube. They love each other. They're just having a great time. But they all compete. Yeah. And so when they compete, like Mo and Mane, they're best friends. But on the pitch, they compete to score. Mm-hmm. And it drives them on. And now you add Diaz to the mix. Bloody hell. It's going to be great. I, it's you. great. It's kind of, I think, you know, that, that first, you know, it's not even the first 11. I used always used to think, you know, our first 11 on their day could be anybody. But it now feels like there's a kind of first 15. It feels like that you can bring those players on. And I mean, you know, in the last two games alone, you know, Klopp's timing and his choice of substitutions have been brilliant. And because he's got the players who can do it and they can, you know, they're they're not like for like. They bring something slightly different, you know, which gives the other team something to think about. He changed the formation in the last game, you know, um, and they kind of didn't know quite how to deal with that. And so I think, you know, with the players he's now got that he wanted, that he's chosen, um, he's got 
you know, people who, again, understand his philosophy and uh, and they know what they have to do. And so I'm pretty hopeful, I have to say. I think, you know, I think that, you know, the big teams kind of raise their games. And so I expect Chelsea will, you know, raise their game. I don't think they'll be as dire as they've been in the last couple of games. But I think also they can fall apart easily. I think that, I think you know, if you score early against them, it could fall apart. So fingers crossed. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think we're def- we're definitely a different proposition from the team that played them in the league earlier. So we yeah, we played them home, played them away. The away match was sad because obviously you take a two 0 lead, yeah. um, only for them to score two goals back, and then yeah, we don't do anything after that. I, and I would have thought someone like Sadio Mane, knowing his teammate and Eduard Mendy at the national team level, would have thought, oh, you know, I know where your weaknesses are, and I could exploit them and tell the whole team what to do. But clearly that didn't happen. So yeah. someone needs to speak to Mane and Mane's dad. And Mane's family and say, you know, Jockey is like I'm gonna if you need yeah. help, call call the money. Well, <laughs> it's a final this time. So yeah, the, it's a final. He, may, he may have I mean he may have learned his lesson about that. Yeah, you know? so I, I'm I'm hoping that we absolutely destroy them just simply because I don't like Chelsea. Sorry. No, I, I don't bear it, but I think there's probably about four Chelsea fans I can find that are okay. The rest of them I don't have much time for. As a football team, I can't wait for them to disappear somewhere like but it's not going to happen, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, they're not about to get relegated anytime soon either. They spend way too much money. They cause um, artificial price lists and absolutely everything from cleaning products to cleaners through to domestic services in regards to even just getting a bricklayer to do something around here. It's ridiculous. It's to, you know, I, I'm used to Southall prices, not, not, South, not Surrey prices. It's just, honestly, it's terrible. And it's all caused by them. So I like on Alaya, there's no one else to blame. Even you're the price also, of con- yeah, but you're also used to uh, south of workmanship. Yes. Yeah. Just, yeah. I just wanted to point that out. It's kind of like you, what you don't want to be paying is Surrey prices for south hall workmanship. Yeah. South hall prices for Surrey workmanship, I think, works better. I think. Yeah. That that would be great. It's never going to happen. No, it's not going to. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless we get Uncle, you know, you could go to well. You know, well, like Uncle Bix, Jaraga, the Osiga, Dodgy Uncle Bix, Jimmy. I don't know. I mean, it, it could be anything right here. But with Chelsea, as I said, there's no love lost between us at all. Yeah. None whatsoever. And you know, I don't think anybody on the Liverpool pod would ever turn around and say, oh, it's going to be a, this affair, that affair. Everyone wants them to thrash. Everyone wants them to get junky jutti at Wembley. Uh, so much so that they just sit there and think what happened in their life. If they have to leave Wembley contemplating life, it's great, fantastic. Why Whatever would celebrate lifting a trophy? Whatever happens will happen, right? What will be, will be like we always say that's the song for Wembley as well. But point is, we got to project all positivity on this team. They're in four competitions. They're playing out of their skin. We've got a massive squad, all willing to win. If you can't be positive now, then I don't know when you're going to be positive about beating this bunch of idiots. You know what I mean? So the Kutta Tommy needs to get back in the kennel man at the end of the day that's it you know <laughs> but as i said you know for, for somebody you know so I've, I've been a liverpool supporter since uh about 75 1975 and um you know the and i've kind of you know i've always enjoyed it i've always enjoyed following the team i've it's been frustrating it's been you know they were the glory years and then they were the barren years um but just watching Liverpool play and the style that they're playing at the moment is is probably the happiest I've been being a Liverpool fan it's kind of you know it's 
it it you can see a joy on the pitch. You win, lose or draw. You know, it's they they play the game and yeah. they they play it like life should be lived. In that, you know, you you lose some, fine. You draw, okay, fine. But you come back. You come back and you smile and you connect and you're together and you move on. And that's kind of, you know, it's how I think life should be lived. And it's the first time that I felt that about, you know, this team. We know more about the players now. We know more about where they come from than I did, you know, about the players in, in the mid-70s or into the 80s. I didn't know that much about their backgrounds or whatever. Now, because of social media and because of, you know, the amount of news coverage, you just know a lot more about them. Um, and I think, you know, I'm just really loving being a fan. Nice. So we've come towards the end of the pod. Obviously, our agenda went halfway through and then torn up completely, which is great because that's how that's how a good Desi conversation should be. You can script some parts of it, but not all of it. 100%. Uh, uh, so on that, we normally have a tradition right at the end and we're asking people to give plugs, not bugs, plugs. <laughs> No, yeah, giving a bug. I'll give everybody a bug if you're going to yeah. wear it. But, yeah, um, and if you want to wear has it, it tie on you. Has anyone ever plugged a bug? No, they haven't. Yeah, but that's wrong, isn't it? Well, I could plug the wearing of a bug. I <laughs> well, that plug, so, yeah. that's close but enough. I I, yeah, I couldn't plug the you know somebody else's bug, so to speak, because that's like saying someone else's bug is bad. <laughs> bad bug or good bug. Bug. All this uh, bug talk, and someone's going to do some bother talk now in a minute. I think. No. <laughs> Pulling a bud. <laughs> That's why you're in a darkened room. Yeah. Oh, That's cold, why. Darkened yeah. room. Yeah. Warmed only. Gas <laughs> eating. Kind of familiar sound. Gas eating. <laughs> Central gas eating. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Hanji, yeah. You were talking about plugs. Hanji, so. Baji, do you have, I mean, Sanjeev Baji, have you got anything to plug? Anything that's coming out soon? Oh, look, a definitely. A literal, literal plug. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) We couldn't plug the plug. We're going to plug the plug. Um, No, so I'm going to start, I'm going to start filming the next series of Unforgotten uh, in about three or four weeks' time. Uh, so that will be that will take me through to uh, mid June or so. I don't know when it will be on TV, but it'll be. You know what? We finished filming it in June, and then it'll be ready, I guess, by July, August, and then it's up to ITV when they put it out. Um, that's that's the only thing I've got coming up. Uh, there is something else that I shot last year that I can't talk publicly about yet. Oh, but. Um, I might tell tell you guys. Is it a series? I I did a bit in a film. Okay, but I'll I'll tell I'll tell you about it when we're off air. Okay, great. And then because I know Ah. that you know if you mention it to anyone, then we're all aware of the power of the Magia now. (laughs) I know that you wouldn't want to mess with them. No, absolutely Uh, not. But that so yeah. Next year, <laughs> yes, the 180 year old Mudge that's been there since the beginning, the way before you were. Um, you know what the heartache is that my mum actually did tell me that it really wasn't Booty Mudge, and it was always her kids that were still there. And obviously, when they grew up, they all looked like Booty Mudge. I was like, going, why couldn't Mummy just tell us that? I would have dealt with that. This is yeah, much man. more traumatic. Um, Gags, any plugs from yourself? 
not really. Um, thank you so much, Paji, Sanjeev Paji, for coming on. We uh, really appreciate it, you coming on and doing these shows with us. I know it's been a long time, but we, we, should, we hope we'll try and get you It's been too long. It's been too long. We'll try and get you um again very very soon let's let's hope we win this trophy and uh, we get to another final i say we do this for every final before the monday before every final we get to it and if that means two Perfect. more finals this year then that means we set this up and it's like a it's like that thing the lucky thing sanjeev baji is like wow three finals isn't it? Three, three, yeah, three finals. yeah yeah so two more finals after this one um it'll be like you're the lucky charm baji so I think if we can, um, let's get this one out of the way and then we'll start organising and hopefully we well, get to... remember, as the, as the steward at Anfield said to me, <laughs> <laughs> losing it works the other way around as well. So you, it may well be that you're the lucky charms on this, but uh, oh. more likely, I think. But uh, no, it's it, it pleasure. Could be four. It could be four if you can include the Kamuti Shield. Kamuti Shield. Kamuti Shield. Yeah, take it. Indeed. Oh, I, I like to call it Kali. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it, like is. Tally, it is. It is. It is. They, <laughs> they, they basically they're holding it wrong. Yeah, they? They, you, know, you don't hold it. You hold it flat so you can put all the little katori on it. Exactly. In fact, it should arrive full, right, with the katori and the dial and the kind of papad and the, it should arrive like that. And you know, like the way they used to in the olden days, you know, with the um, cups, they used to kind of fill the cup with champagne. Yeah. You know, and then they used to drink it. What they should, but the community tali, they should bring on as a full tali, and they would have to all eat off it. <laughs> that would be the equivalent. They should do it's that. If someone's just serving it. Get the yeah, royal yeah. family to serve the food. No, no, no. If you really want to do it properly, you have the tali, Anna, but like a bia, you get the manager giving the roti to each person sitting at the Yeah, end. yeah, yeah. Do you know what? It should be. The, it, should, it should be the losing team. <laughs> to come and feed you and then coming up and I have more than a couple of plugs as everybody knows so my plugs will be quite simple so first plug will be going to my season ticket next door neighbour so I now have someone who sits next to me at Anfield and he's taking his daughter on Sunday. So proper Punjabi name as well. Jagga. 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 to you, taking your daughter to the final. I asked my daughter. She she thought about it for about a day. And then first she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she went, no, not really. I was like, okay, John. I asked kind of thing. And I go, there's another girl who wants to go. She goes, yeah, take her. What do you mean take her? You don't even know what I just said. There's another girl who wants to go. Yeah, take her. I'm not taking care of my, you know, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, no, she can go. I was like, okay, congratulations. Thanks a lot. I mean, well done. So, yeah, it's a big shout out to them. Obviously, it's a great, it's a big thing taking your daughter to the final or taking no, your daughter. No, it's lovely. Yeah, Vadanya, Jaga and to your daughter. Fantastic. Yeah, and Vadanya so, for the, the sag in the ice cream boxes in your fridge as well. <laughs> <laughs> He's got loads of those in his moving house right now, I can tell you. Uh, and my other <laughs> shout out, my other shout out goes to my extremely patient wife. So my wife, Rupinda Kaur, um, has had a very, very busy and tumultuous period with her own business of Asian women in business and getting it off the ground. But while she's been doing all that, she's allowed me to go to football matches. Um, and season in, season out, you know, you know, she had lots of pains because of me. So thank you very much, Rupinda Kaur. So, you know, I'll, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, let, I, me, let me add my timing onto that as well. 
for what it's okay. worth. Thank you. Um, she's still going to give me gala, but that's okay. That's what we're here for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're here to be shouting this morning because it, it usually is our fault, but we never want to admit that, right? Yeah. I, I want to close it up because I want to know what Paddy's doing for his other show. But whatever he's <laughs> oh, doing, okay. But... Yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> so thank you again, Paddy. It's a new It's always a pleasure having you on. And like I said, we're going to win. So that means you have to come on twice more this season. And at I'm least. Sure... Yeah, at least. Listen, so I'm, so I, I'm, with, I'm with friends. It's cool. That's it. I love it. And Harinda, obviously, always for, for pushing and getting this going, Desi. It's your um, love child at the moment, really. Some of us are really busy <laughs> and are always pushing us to try and get this done. So thank you so much for helping and getting this all sorted. Uh, right. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to Desi. We'll be back very, very soon. Hopefully, it's with Sanjeev Padji again because we're going to the FA Cup final or the Champions League final. And we'll do another one and talk about the FA Cup and the Champions League because plenty plenty to talk about there as well and um otherwise there's so much to look forward forward to in the next couple of months this literally is the 30 days that define liverpool season um four competitions a trophy on the line semi-finals of the fa cup can be reached quarterfinals of the uh, of the champions league can be reached and if we win all the games that we've got in the premier league it's literally going to be on the line when we go to etihad uh, in early April. So this next 30 days are massive. Let's hope we're as flawless as we've been as we've been for the last 30 days. And then that'll be really, really exciting. Right, we'll catch you then. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.